This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Since it launched, Netflix has struck gold over and over again. First, it changed the entire world of movie rentals with its DVD subscription service. Then, it invented binge-watching. And then, Netflix became the first streaming service to make original shows exclusive to its platform. That strategy has paid off in a big way. The company has nearly 150 million subscribers. Netflix essentially rules streaming. But starting this fall, there's going to be a battle over streaming. A bunch of entertainment giants are copying the very strategies that made Netflix a hit and lining up to take it on. Today on the show, how will Netflix survive the coming onslaught of competitors? And how is this battle going to reshape streaming? Welcome to The Journal, our daily show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, September 10th. The thing that made Netflix so popular with viewers is also the thing that eventually made it enemies. It let anyone stream the old shows that they used to get from cable, shows like NBC's Parks and Rec or ABC's Grey's Anatomy. When Netflix started streaming, this was the service they offered. The same shows you love, but in a bingeable format. At the time, the big entertainment companies that made the shows, like Disney and NBC, were game to license them to Netflix. It was an easy way to get more cash. And Netflix wasn't exactly a competitor, just a kind of secondary platform to distribute their shows. Things really started to change when Netflix made its first attempt at creating original content. One of the first things they did... Joe Flint covers media and entertainment. ...was make a new season of Arrested Development, which was a big uh, cult hit for the Fox network. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? Netflix also made their first real big splash when they struck the deal for House of Cards with Kevin Spacey starring in it. In these early days of original content at Netflix, the company was just a small player. And to get into the game of making original television shows, it had to take big gambles, like with House of Cards. To get that show, Netflix had to outbid HBO and other suitors, and they had to commit to doing two seasons of it because people weren't yet convinced that people would watch original shows on Netflix. The industry was still a little wary. So the attitude was, we'll do business with you, but we're going to ask for more money and bigger commitments from you if we're going to take this chance on this startup service. House of Cards, of course, became a big success, and that led to Orange is the New Black, which became an even bigger success. And Netflix showed that 
indeed, they can make original programming that can capture the cultural zeitgeist. It's clear that some of the new Netflix shows were tapping into a vein. It was so clear, in fact, that Netflix had tapped into something, that other tech companies wanted to tap into it, too. By 2013, the gold rush for streaming services to develop their own content was on. And in the last several years, Hulu made its own mark in original shows with things like The Handsmaid Tale. At the same time, we saw Amazon sort of borrow a page from Netflix and become a deliverer of theatrical movies, older TV shows. And then it, too, began to invest in original content, shows like The Man in the High Castle. Transparent seemed like a big show that kind of was Amazon's breakout. Is that right? The reality is their biggest show for a lot of years has been the police drama, Bosch. I believe you find the justice you can in this life, not the next one. Which does very well for them, but it doesn't get the same level of attention because its content is not uh, controversial or, you know, something within the cultural zeitgeist. But certainly Transparent put Amazon on the map in terms of a place that would take creative risks and could win awards. These hit shows drew subscribers to Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. And that started to become a real threat to the entertainment companies. If you had to pinpoint one moment, it was probably sometime in 2015. There was a collapse across media stocks. Amal Sharma runs media coverage for The Wall Street Journal. And he says, around that time, entertainment companies started to notice that more and more customers were dropping their cable subscriptions. Most... Entertainment companies and cable companies realized this cord-cutting thing that was fueled largely by Netflix. I mean, that was the, they were the biggest culprit, that it was serious. And it was, it was really hurting their companies. It was hurting them on Wall Street. It was hurting them in their earnings. And that was because they were losing subscribers. People were cutting the cord. They were going to streaming services, Netflix, also Amazon, and, and to a lesser extent at that point, Hulu. The combined effect was that whether you were ESPN or TNT or MTV, you were getting pummeled. And so suddenly it went from these guys, Netflix, are great to sell our stuff to, sell our old programming to, our old libraries to. We'll get some extra money. It'll help us grow. And they won't really hurt us because they're just these new guys. (laughs) It went to, wait a minute. Okay, we got to, not only do we have to review whether or not we're going to keep selling them stuff, but whatever they're doing, we probably have to have a strategy to do something more like that. Here's Joe again. They started to become a little more careful about just how many shows they're going to sell to Netflix, to Amazon. They began to keep shows for themselves, for their own online platforms. Earlier this year, NBC announced it's pulling The Office from Netflix. And Warner Brothers is doing the same thing with Friends. Those are two of Netflix's most watched shows. But the biggest move of all is one that comes in just a couple of months. Uh, this is important. Disney's going all in on streaming. They're going to come up with a new service, a channel, basically, that's going to be cheaper than Netflix. Disney is entering the streaming ring itself. And it's not going to be pretty. That's after the break. The 
This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Welcome back. Disney Plus, Disney's streaming service, is set to launch this fall. And when it does, it's expected to be Netflix's biggest competitor so far. It's going to have a ton of shows that people love. Disney owns Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars and, well, Disney. I don't want to sound like a Disney cheerleader here, but they have the brand. They have the brand for kids and families, and then you look at everything they own. They just have such a library of content. The service will have all of the shows of the Disney franchise and new original content. When Disney announced Disney Plus two years ago... Netflix stock took a hit. Just the idea that this large supplier of content, this big Hollywood company was now going to say, we can do this ourselves and we're not going to feed Netflix anymore, was a big to-do. This announcement from Disney opened the floodgates. Soon, other major entertainment companies started talking about their own original content and streaming services. Time Warner, Comcast, they've said they will launch platforms of their own. With all of these entertainment giants entering the streaming business, there's a new frenzy of competition over content. Disney went out and spent $71.3 billion buying most of the entertainment assets of Fox. And what were they buying? They were buying a lot of cable networks like FX, like National Geographic Channel. But they were also buying the huge 20th Century Fox television and movie libraries. The Simpsons is going to be a huge part of Disney+. Plus. There is this sort of spending battle going on, both for talent as well as for studios and movies. To get a sense of just how much costs have gone up, when Netflix made House of Cards in 2013, it spent $4.5 million per episode. Back then, that was seen as a lot of money. But today... The cost of making TV is rising, And a lot of that does have to do with the talent. Movies are no longer offering the same sort of opportunities. But at the same time, they're they're not coming to television to do charity work. They expect to be paid a a rate uh, along the lines of what they might make in a movie. So if Jennifer Aniston might make $10 million to do a movie, well, then she's going to make a million dollars an episode to do 10 episodes of a TV show. 
And then we're seeing some of these new shows that are going to have a lot of special effects, you know, Game of Thrones type stuff that are going to cost, you know, north of 10 or 15 million dollars an episode. Uh, Disney's Marvel shows that they're making are expected to run in that ballpark. And Amazon spent $250 million on a Lord of the Rings series? Well, no, they spent $250 million for the rights to make the Lord of the Rings series. Wow. We'll see how much they spend just making the episodes. And Netflix has been pouring more and more money into content. It spent $12 billion on programming last year. Here's them all. This is still Netflix's game to lose. They are so far ahead of the rest of the pack. Right now, you have Netflix standing in the center of the ring, and you have a bunch of, like, other wrestlers coming in, putting on their uniforms, and, you know, they're ready to jump in, but they're just kind of getting ready, and they're getting, they're pumping themselves up, but they haven't actually gotten into the ring yet. And I think it's important to remember all this drama that we're seeing with new services that are coming your way from Apple and Disney and Comcast and so forth. They're not here yet. They're coming. Netflix sees the threat coming. It's going to be a major change for the company when all of this competition arrives. But we haven't arrived at the fight yet. That's just around the corner. And what weapons does Netflix have to fight with? Well, one of their big weapons is having thrown so much spaghetti at the wall and they have so many relationships with talent to produce shows and movies that they're going to have less reliance, at least in their view, in the sort of optimistic case here, on all the stuff Hollywood used to make for them. That's part of the reason they've invested so much money in original programming in the last few years, because they know that they can't rely on having all this popular programming made by other companies forever. The other thing is, There's a huge first-mover advantage to being one of the companies that's already signed up a cord cutter. There's a study that said that people who cut the cord will probably spend up to $38 on streaming services collectively. That seems like a big number, but the numbers add up pretty quickly here, and not everyone's going to win. So Netflix is already in your wallet, and it's to get them out of there is going to be a tough thing to get somebody to do. I think it's harder to be one of the companies jumping in there. So they're, they're just being a first mover as a weapon. Netflix may have the advantage, but last quarter, the company saw its first drop in U.S. subscribers in nearly a decade. And now Disney's aggressively signing up fans ahead of the launch of its streaming service, and it's priced it at just $6.99. That's way cheaper than Netflix, and it kind of has changed the entire equation of how people are thinking about all these streaming services. Suddenly, if you're going to get something that gives you Star Wars movies and Marvel and new shows that star these movie stars, uh, and that's $6.99, it's very hard for somebody to come in with like a $16 service, which is the price that AT&T had been debating. So it really kind of scrambled the board and made, made everybody think a little bit differently. And what does price competition mean for Netflix? For the first time, Netflix is going to look more expensive than somebody. I mean, for years, Netflix was able to say, we're $9, or even when they raised their price, we're $10, and look at your cable bill. You're paying so much. You know, just cut your cord, and this is like the affordable way to get your entertainment. I think now they're going to have a lot more pressure on them to not raise the price, or it's going to be a different equation when they raise it, and they're going up against these people that are already much cheaper. So it's going to be difficult, I think, 
for them to keep raising the price the way they did. And if they do, they're going to have to make a pretty good case to consumers about it. There are two questions that will be answered as the streaming battle shakes out. One is, how will this work out for consumers? Instead of one-stop watching at Netflix, which had just about everything, TV shows will now be split over several services, each with a monthly charge, potentially running up monthly costs for consumers. And the second question is, can Netflix stay ahead of the pack? Netflix showed all these giant entertainment companies that there was a way to deliver entertainment on the internet and people were not going to need cable. And now all these other companies have one thing that Netflix doesn't, which is a history in this business with lots of programming that they've made over the years. So they can get into this business and, you know, I guess Netflix sort of taught them a little bit of how to do it. The real question is, did the entertainment companies just learn too late? And if you're Netflix, you're hoping they figured it out too late. Today, the streaming wars got even hotter. At its annual showcase, Apple previewed new shows and shared new details about its own streaming service, Apple TV+. At just $4.99, that service will cost even less than Disney's. We reached out to Netflix about all of this new competition and how it affects its business. A spokesperson said that Netflix welcomes the new competitors because in this booming streaming economy, there will be enough room for everyone to grow. That's all for today. Tuesday, September 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.